Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between hosts David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez. Hey everyone, this is David Chavez. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And boy, do I have a special guest for you today. And we'll get to him in just a moment. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the webinar I am doing tomorrow and going to teach you how to teach your employees how to read financial statements and understand cash just a little bit better. So we'll be doing that tomorrow between one and two central time. And we'd love to have you on there. There's probably about 30 people registered so far, a little bit more. And we'd love to increase that to about 40 or 50 because then about 10 to 20 may show up. But anyway, it'll be a great uh, um, uh, conversation around that. And it, we will be open to questions. So you can ask questions and when you can, it'll be a little interactive with the guest. Um, on February 6th, we, uh, one of my partners, Ted Servada, is going to be doing the webinar on strategy and how it uh, relates to operational effectiveness. And we have quite a few signed up for that. I think the last count that I knew of was around 40. Maybe it's about 50. I, I couldn't, somewhere in between that number. And then on the 15th in Arizona, um, Kane Pekovic, one of our coaches here, will be doing. Um, a, a, a day-long workshop about change and how to push change through your company. In other words, when you're going, when you're doing a new initiative or you're making a monumental change in a company, she'll be talking about the psychology of that and how to bring your people along so they don't resist so much. So um, that'll be um, in on February 15th. And let's get to Ryan because he has uh, come uh, to join us today. And Ryan Schmidt, and he owns a company called Petticoat Schmidt in Jacksonville, Florida. And you guys are civil contractors. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes, we are. Uh, okay. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and a little bit about yourself and what uh, um, what you've been up to so far in life? Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity and really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Um, I feel like uh, I've got a story or two to tell that can lend uh, to your uh, your topic here of of learning from mistakes. But yeah, so my name's, you know, like you said, Ryan Schmidt. Um, I'm the 100% owner of Petticoat Schmidt Civil Contractors. We're a heavy civil construction firm located in Jacksonville, Florida. We focus on private site development, construction, public roadway and underground utilities, and then water and wastewater treatment plant construction. Um, we uh, self-perform uh, a lot of the clearing and grading and earth moving and uh, pipe laying and concrete and, you know, a lot of the work associated with those those type of projects. Um, we've been in business uh, for 17 years um, and, uh, you know, so we've uh, been around a little bit, but uh, I've always been in this industry. When I came out of uh, college, I really didn't know what I was going to do. And I kind of stumbled into construction at the very bottom and um, quickly realized I had a passion for it. And while uh, construction management or engineering wasn't my first degree, um, I uh, went back and got a second degree in, in uh, 
building construction management and then uh, a master's in business just to kind of help build on that. And I worked for another company for 17 years and then I was, you know, decided it was time for me to go. And I did. And then I bought uh, basically the assets of another company. The, that's where the petticoat and petticoat Schmidt comes from. And uh, uh, this this person was looking for an exit strategy and uh, we kind of got together and I, I honored her by keeping the petticoat name and she gave me the first right of refusal on her assets and we made a transition right in the middle of the great uh, recession in 2007. <laughs> what 2008. great timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so yeah, we, we, uh, you know, did it then, but it was really a phenomenal uh, transition because, you know, some of the challenge she was facing personally, she had some illness that was not going to allow her to stay on with the business. And, um, and uh, with the recession, you know, it didn't look like she had a great opportunity to have any type of exit. And uh, but the the plan that we came up with worked really great, and we were able to ramp up uh, pretty quick. And she was able to close out all her work very successfully. And we picked up a lot of the overhead during that transition, and were able to ramp up and get going. And she was able to close out her work and. Worked out really well. I mean, literally started by renting three cubicles in her office until I rented more and more and more, and then moved out and bought her own office and have since expanded it a couple different times. And so, uh, yeah, it was a great transition. And uh, so I've been in this type of business my whole career. Uh, okay. Really enjoy it. Love it. Love building projects. Love building teams. Love the people part of it. And uh, really excited to talk to you and your audience today more about it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what you said? It's really interesting because uh, a lot of business owners don't think about what you did as a viable strategy to starting a business, right? Um, is going out, finding somebody that already built the business and then purchasing it from, um, you know, when I was a CPA, practicing CPA, I was a valuation guy. So I've done over a hundred equity deals back and forth buying and selling companies and i would tell you that 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 springboard that you're launching from is much different than starting it from scratch because starting it from scratch is a lot of um you know there's just a lot of raw grit that takes to get it to a certain point and that effort is exhausting and then so you're starting from a different spot on the staircase if you will and then so you all that grit and that that determination it goes into the next level and i had the vis uh the privilege of visiting your business when i was speaking for a vistage group and i was really impressed when i walked into your location because your company screams people and your center on people is that uh, uh, that's sort of what's been your probably one of your differentiators in your strategy, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it very much so. And, you know, we're we're very proud. You know, when you made that comment, very proud of that because we're very deliberate. We are a people first company. We, we talk about that all the time. We're very we're open book throughout the whole company. Um, it revolves around, you know, going out, recruiting, hiring and retaining the best team we can and then sharing in the profitability, sharing in everything. We're very transparent um, uh, with everything from the financials to the growth of the company to, you know, what we our culture is all about. We're accountability, character and team are our three main core values. And 
And, uh, you know, we hire and, and retain and, and hold ourselves accountable by that, by that every day. Uh, but like to have fun too. You know, we, you know, we, you know, people come in and often make the comment like, man, everyone's very happy, very helpful. And, uh, you know, so we look to continue to grow the team that way. And like I said, we, we, we share in everything. And so if we do good as a company, um, you know, everyone does good. And, um, you know, we do a lot of different things to, you know, train and develop and grow people. We've, you know, added some positions just as recently as last year, uh, like in training and development. We have a full time training and development person, you know, for a company. We're about 230 employees right now. So, you know, we're not small, but we're not big. Right. And I think for a company that size in our industry and, in, you know, civil construction, you just don't see that a lot. But, you know, I, I said, you know what, I want someone who's waking up and going to bed every day thinking about the growth and development of everyone on our team. And um, so between that and then just how we're very transparent, you know, we have big company huddle meetings all the time, sharing updates of what's going on, uh, progress in certain areas, uh, you know, breaking news. Um, and we're continuing to to leverage and compound on that. So yeah, we we are a people first company. Yeah, I, I would like to tell everyone when I walked in the door, one of my uh, one of my things that I used to do, even when I was a CPA, I would always go and visit the potential <laughs> client, right? And when I walked in your door to speak to the Vistage Group, because the Vistage was have a group was having the meeting at your place. I shared with you that I walked in the door and the, my first encounter is with your receptionist who screams your love for people. And then she, uh, uh, um, the whole place uh, is reminding me of what is important in this business, right? You have these messages all around that are conveying what's really important in the business. I know that as a business owner, you'll probably look at every time that didn't didn't work well, but um, I would just tell you it was very impressive walking in. And I did share that with you that day that I was sheerly impressed by what you've done and how you've done it. And I think your people focus screams out. And then I actually saw you interacting with some of your teams a, a couple of times. And it's very interesting. And I love how you interact with them. So congratulations to you on getting this company going. Now, starting it in the recession. Now, most people would say that's insanity. So, uh, um, but actually, that's probably a good time to really start a business, right? Because your overhead stays lower oh yeah um you know lean and mean is an understatement you know i uh you know while i did purchase them they're a smaller company we brought over probably 25 people um i had a few people that started with me outside of the firm so we were lean and mean and but what was nice about that structure is um our agreement i only purchased um what exactly what i needed it wasn't i didn't have to buy all the assets if i didn't want to buy it they just sold it at auction or to someone else so literally i'd go i, I want that desk or this piece of equipment or this software or this hardware you know and so it was piece by piece and yeah we were just very very deliberate lean and mean and because of that we were able to bid and build projects that were very specific to the resources we had. A lot of our competition was sitting on all this heavy iron that they had accumulated pre-recession. And they're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? 
with this, you know, we're, we're, we were very specific, very tight, very lean, and actually very successful during those first few years. Yeah. That, and it just, I, I think that when you start a business in a recession, the discipline of leanness comes in just because it's the way you have to be. And you don't have to, to convince everyone to be lean. They just understand the, the economics of the economy right at the time a little bit better. So there's a lot of benefits to starting something or buying it in the middle of a recession and keeping it lean. And it's probably continued is my guess through today. Is that a fair comment or? Well, so <laughs> not so much. I mean, we had, we had we had our own recession at a different point than when the rest of the uh, world had their recession. <laughs> in, in fact, we we did really well. We were very profitable through the Great Recession. And, you know, I just, you know, as a first time business owner, you know, just hear all these stories about, oh yeah, just all the hardships and the, the it's a tremendous amount of obstacles that when you're starting out and you hit this great wall and this, and I'm like, um, I haven't had that yet. And, you know, it was, it, things were going pretty good for quite a while. And, uh, but we were able to grow and and uh, and kind of get out of that that infant stage and, and got our you know legs under us and uh, but you know we had some challenges a little later on um, so you know it's funny how uh, you know it, it comes it just is a matter of when and you know what triggers it. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the Strategy Sherpa Show, what we're doing is we talk to successful business owners like yourself, mostly in the mid-market. Um, those, those are the people that never really get any exposure because you're just quietly doing it. And what we do is we talk to them about a mistake that they've made, not to rub it in their face or to, to, to condemn them or anything else, but to have them share with people out there in the audience the, the people that are trying to grow a business, how challenging it can be and how mistakes can really help us grow our company to the next level. And uh, we're, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and we would like you to share yours because I think you probably have a good one to share with us that could really help everybody listening today. So Ryan, thank you for joining us and we'll be right back after these messages. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our JetShare program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. 
Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all of the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is David Chavez. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And we have Ryan Schmidt today with us with Petticoat Schmidt, uh, civil contractors out of Jacksonville, Florida. And Ryan, I'm on your website right now, and I've just been spinning around a little bit and love the look of it. I mean, you've even improved it since the last time I, I'd seen you. Um, very nice. And it says on here, your purpose is to enhance the life of our team members and the communities we serve. And that goes that goes hand in hand with the uh, conversation we were just having about people and your focus on people. And I, I really love your purpose because what you're trying to do is enhance their lives by sharing some of the, the company with them. And I think that you said it really well. When we all win, we all win. And when we lose, we all lose a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. and, yep. and so th that's really great. Now, let's get to the meat of the – uh, uh, oh, go ahead. You had something to say about that. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I was just yeah agreeing, you know, not only financially, but, uh, you know, the, you know, you heard the, the term the Sunday blues where people are like, oh, it's Sunday, wrapping up the weekend and like, ah, oh, man, they just dreading going back to work. To me, I'm like, man, I do not want that. I, we also want to just create a great place where people enjoy going to work. So we like to celebrate our wins. We like to focus time on, you know, the, the camaraderie of the team and, you know, doing great projects, but also building a great culture. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, and and very challenging to do. I mean, you have to focus on it every day. And it's just one day at a time, all these little increments. So I, I love what you're doing. Uh, so now's the time of the show when we get into like, why don't you share with the audience that one thing that you wish it would have just went a lot better than it did? Yeah, sure. You know, when uh, you, you brought this topic to my attention, you know, I, I automatically knew, you know, what I was going to talk about. And, but I also think like, gosh, as entrepreneurs and business owners, it's like, we're, we're constantly course correcting, right? It's like, uh, we're almost failing forward, you know, and, you know, if we're fortunate, they're just small ones, right? And it's just like, almost like a sailboat in navigating its way in the water. You just kind of tack back and forth and go the right direction. But, uh, you know, every now and then there can be bigger ones. The ones that have more commas associated with them, and um, and I, that that's you know that's what I can speak to today. I uh, I mentioned earlier that you know when I started the company, actually, 
um, things were going really well, despite being in the Great Recession, despite being in a, in a tough industry, despite the competition, you know, given the limited projects out there, we we're actually doing very well. And, you know, I'm four, five, six years into starting this business. And, I'll, you know, I'm like, well, what, where, where's that big you know, hurdle that all these entrepreneurs talk about? I mean, yeah, I worked hard, but I, but it was coming. You know, my hard work was paying off and there was not that overwhelming, like, uh, you know, un, you know, unsurmountable wall. So, well, fast forward about nine years in and um, we had a really defining downturn in, in the company. In fact, I've, I've come to coin it and we talk about the Valley of Darkness. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. The, so we're about nine years in and, you know, we had started out doing just uh, public water and roadway construction. And, uh, then we expanded into private site development when the economy started coming back after the Great Recession. Um, and then, in the, you know, soon after that, we started doing water and wastewater treatment plant construction. So you know, we're, we're doing a fair amount of work. You know, we're probably close to 200 people, right at 200 people. Um, but then we had a few projects that were pretty big, that went pretty bad. Um, you know, it was kind of the first one that was like, oh, this isn't going so good. And, um, and then another one, same thing. And these were bigger projects in the company. Um, and then we probably had one that was like the anchor bad job. It was the biggest one job we'd ever have at one point. And um, it it went really bad to the tune of millions of dollars. And um, that started. So like about 2016, we kind of didn't make any money. We just kind of were battling through and. Same thing with 17, didn't make any money, but then 18 lost a tremendous amount of money. And wow. uh, it was one of those things that, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the Vistage group that you spoke to and um, man, I wasn't telling anyone. And the first people I told, um, when I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how we're gonna get out of this. And we were just bleeding, bleeding cash. and. Uh, you know, I had my next Vistage meeting and I basically said, guys, I got to tell you something. And I kind of told them the, the whole story of how bad it was. And, you know, we're, this job is going really bad. And my surety, actually, I, we had a meeting with the surety and our meeting face to face went really good. And next thing you know, a couple of weeks afterwards, they're saying, no, we're pulling out. We're done. We're not going to write any more bonds. Whoa. Yeah, what was right. <laughs> so, For a contractor, that's a kiss of death right there. Yeah, yeah it was a big old wet kiss, David. <laughs> <laughs> the one you don't like, right? The sloppy no, kind of no, it was a it was a bad one. And um, you know, fortunately I had a, a, a good friend in that industry, in the surety industry. And uh, you know, I wasn't working with him at the time, but I called him up and um, I told him what was going on and he said, I, let me, I'll be in your office tomorrow morning. So let's talk. And we were able to cobble together some, you know, small surety lines to get some small bids here and there. But uh, yeah, so we, we, we just hit a couple jobs that went really bad. And, um, 
and it, it got so bad that uh, you know I had to completely recapitalize the company. Um, I re refinance our entire fleet of equipment that we had, you know, pretty minimal debt on at the time. And, you know, anything of my personal assets that had any equity to it uh, wound up either selling or refinancing to pump money into the company. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was well, really well, devastating. You know, a lot of people who are probably listening to this show have experienced maybe what you've experienced, but um, or will at some point in their business. I think I, I think all of us end up experiencing what you're experiencing. But um, I think that with um, what you do, there's millions and millions of dollars at stake and you mess up this thing of one of these jobs at this point, you're probably out of business because the reputation would be destroyed and um, no one's ever going to use you again. So um, what specifically happened that caused the jobs to start going bad? So, you know, that's a great question. And I look back and, you know, we, uh, we had, and they were primarily with one type of client or one client, and, and uh, there was another one, but the makeup of the client was one that we learned is not a person or not clients that we want to work for. Um, and we had done work for this client um, before. Um, one of the jobs that went bad, this is the first time we worked with that client, but neither client had the spirit of partnership in solving problems when issues would come up. And when, when the issues, and we had worked for one of those clients, I said for a long time and nothing really came up that was really bad. So it didn't really surface of, of, of an issue, you know, but like this, the saying says, you know, adversity doesn't build character or reveals character. And that's correct. Um, we had some issues that were really, you know, the the responsibility of the owner. And instead of the owner, you know, coming to us and let's finding a way to solve the problem, basically said, well, file a claim. We'll see you in court. Keep working. Uh, which when the problem was really significant and we had no help and we pumped millions of dollars into finally solving the problem. Um, and, you know, we we wound up settling and we've got, you know, we're, we prevailed on the, the issue. But financially, when you get 30 cents on the dollar, uh, you just don't come out ahead. There, there's no winning when it gets to that. I don't care how right you are and how wrong the other party is. There's no winning. Yeah. And, and then the lawyer, the lawyers make a lot of money out of that deal, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. And. And, uh, you know, when you have, you know, two or three of those at the same time and, and all three of them were same thing, we prevailed on principle, uh, but because of the character of the, the client, you know, we had to go that route and, um, you know, it was just a tremendous financial drain that kind of happened all at once. Okay. So, so you had a, um, a series of 
clients, large clients, because I know you do some smaller projects too. So there's smaller projects and then there's multi-million dollar projects, right? Because you have to run both of those projects through your company at any given time to keep it afloat. And so you hit three big jobs that just were, for lack of a better way of saying it, just people that were just sort of not great people. And you had to deal with that. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not here to, you know, blame others. You know, I look at myself first and say, okay, what could I have done differently? And um, what, you know, what can we do? And we've done, we have, we, we are a totally different company. We have changed tremendously. A lot of what you saw when you were here was a result of that valley of darkness. You know, uh, I mean, I think shame on me for, you know, in some areas, I didn't have the right people in the right seats to navigate some of these difficult situations. You know, I one, I didn't realize how difficult they were going into them until these instances showed up, and uh, and not not having the the right people, and I think in some instances the right processes. Um, we follow a a very strict process of how we run the company. Um, when I realized we were going into this is when I learned all about it and figured, man, we got to do something differently here. Um, and then, um, you know, having the right people in the right processes, you know, I think going into that would have been much better. Um, but either way, having three of those at the same time is is just really, really difficult. Yeah, we're going to take a break and then I'm going to come back because I want to talk a little bit about this um, this issue uh, a little bit more with you. But we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. I'm with Ryan Schmidt today. This is David Chavez. We'll be back right after these messages. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. And get amplified. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back with the Strategy Sherpa Show. I'm here with Ryan Schmidt with Petty Coach Schmidt, civil contractors out of Jacksonville, Florida. And Ryan... I, I listened to what you said. So you ended up in three jobs that probably really almost killed your company over a three-year period. So two bad years, then the year of death, right, in there. Like you said, then you actually lost money that third year. You're trotting along, barely cutting it for a couple of years. Then in 2018, your profit just went, um, it was gone. As a matter of fact, you ended up in a huge loss. Um, and you said that the three jobs were the cause of this situation. Help us understand what happened that had you take on these three jobs and what was your thinking at the time? Did you think that the, the jobs were just going to go well? Did you think there wasn't the issues you had? What what was your thinking at the time? Well, like I said, uh, two of the jobs were with a client that we had been working with for some time. And oh, wow. uh, in, in that instance, you know, all the jobs we had previously were, there was never really any issues. Um, now I think maybe where we and myself took our eye off the ball is when there were little issues, how they acted and, you know, how, you know, the saying how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so, you know, I think there maybe there we just really didn't look hard at the spirit of partnership that this one particular client had or did not have. Um, and while the, the instances weren't really big, there was probably some small things that we could have been more aware of that, hey, man, if we went to a bigger job that had a bigger issue, it could really be problematic. Um, and then what, 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 what were those things? Um, what were those things that you saw ended up seeing after the fact, I guess I should say. Yeah, just, um, you know, some contractual stuff, you know, our type of work, you know, we're digging in the dirt, we're going underground. A lot of the stuff is not disclosed either on the plans, the specs, the soil borings. And, you know, when it's not disclosed and we, you know, we would not otherwise have any idea that it's there. You know, there's a, a a right of or a responsibility by the owner to get involved um, and participate in some of these additional costs, or different site conditions, something like that. And and while that's the case and that's the law, you know, if you've got a, a someone who's saying, "Well, I don't care," well, we'll see. It's not you in my court. problem. Yeah, we'll see you in court. Yeah. You, you might be right, but well, let's let a court tell us. Uh, by the way, you got to keep going and. So, you know, instances like that. And then, you know, in another instance is where, you know, going in and there's a pretty technical job that, you know, you're seeing the, 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 the design engineer who basically was running the job as well as designing the job, which is a little bit of a conflict at times, you know, you know, mandating that, you know, when certain part of the design is not working right that, oh, keep going, keep going. Nope. And, um, 
And the next thing you know, the, the design fails. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a, you know, and a, like in that case, as well as these other other two, we were in the right and we prevailed at the end of the day when we settled. It either went to court or settled before going to court. But again, when you're settling for 30 cents on the dollar, it, you just don't win. So right, right. You know, where we are now, we are very our target client. I mean, we very specific, like, you know, geography, what size. But to me, the psychographic, the psychographic identification of our clients now, they have to have a spirit of partnership and building the projects. And if we if we don't think they they have that, we won't even bid the work. And clearly, we don't we don't do any work with those those previous clients that where we had the problems. And and uh, but we're I mean, we use that filter religiously on anything we look at because. We're, we're going to move on to the next one before we go to contract with anyone who doesn't have a, a similar interest to the project to be successful. You called it the spirit of partnership, the spirit of partnership. And then how do you define the spirit of partnership? Are you using your core values to help you with that? Yeah. So, you know, our, our core values, you know, are not only, you know, internal, you know, accountability, character, and team is how we hold ourselves accountable internally, but also, you know, externally, you know, it, everyone on a project team, whether you're the owner, the design, you know, engineer, or the contractor, you're all accountable to each other, right? And, you know, if if we have to enforce the accountabilities through a court of law, that's not a job we want. Yeah. And that's not a client we're going to bid to. So, you know, we're, we're real disciplined with that. Uh, we, we clearly don't work with the, the clients that are the or, aforementioned projects because um, it, it took a, a lot to get through that. Like, you know, I mentioned, you know, I told my Vistage team that was the first group I told. And then, then they said, have you told your wife? I'm like, no, I've been staring at my ceiling <laughs> for about a month and I haven't spoken to anyone. And, you know, they're like, well, first thing, go home and tell your wife and Thank goodness I have a very understanding wife and uh, I, I told her how bad it is and could be. And, I, you know, we could really have some challenges. She said, well, as long as we're still together, which was a great day for me. But um, but then I went, like I said, I, I had to refinance and recapitalize the company, sell a lot of the stuff I own personally. I actually took a loan from a friend of mine. Um, who was in the construction business as well, but he he believed in my abilities as a business person. But um, so we we were strapped with a ton of debt, and, um, and but then I was very transparent. I that we went completely open book. Um, we also followed the philosophy of the great game of business, which is an open book management uh, the philosophy. Great great book. So everyone knew where we were. And the um, and everyone jumped on board and and we just fought you know and and uh, faced these hurdles head on. Yeah, yeah, and I love I love that you said some really important things for listeners out there. Like, there's a couple of things like the Great Game of Business is an open book system. You went open book. You were candid with your employees. I think a lot of business owners one of the, the one of the issues they have when they start having trouble is they're trying to hide it from people. When your people could actually help you get out of the situation, 
right? And so it sounds to me like you stuck your tail between your legs and you uh, decided that I was going to go into this with you humility. I needed to go into it with, and I was going to share it even though I wasn't proud. And that sharing allowed, how did that help you coming out? I should ask you the question instead of making a statement here. How'd that help well, it, it, it was 100% the critical to us coming out of it because um, I thought long and hard and I said, nope, I mean, complete transparency. I'm like, I mean, because, you know, all progress starts with the truth and this is the truth, but this is where we're going. And, you know, I showed him a bigger and brighter future and, but I, I was determined. I'm like, I'm walking into the punch every day to get through this. What are the things we're putting in place? So you know, the great game of business that we still do to this day, where literally we project the financials of the company every Monday afternoon at 3.30 with the entire company, open book. Um, and so we know where we're going and what we're doing. Um, and just building that culture, people first culture started through then and just getting the right people, the right seats, practice the flywheel effect that comes out of Jim Collins book. Um, just so just got down and dirty, just fighting and fighting and fighting to come out of the hole. So you're fighting to come out of the hole. And I, I think that there's like this weird spot and, and you could confirm or, or, or help me, help me understand for you what happened. But I think there's this weird spot that companies get themselves into because I got to get myself out of this hole I'm staring at the ceiling at night and then I got to come in and be optimistic and, and put on this great face to the audience. And these two challenges are going on at the same time. I'm dealing with refinancing my favorite play automobile. And at the same time, I'm, I'm and my house where my wife and my family live and then I'm um, over here trying to be optimistic at the same time. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. It's it's basically you had to keep all those balls in the air. Um, and we were coming out of that, too. And then COVID happened. Yeah. Which was another punch in the face. But I'm telling you, the PPP saved this company. Oh, really? Okay. So, so yeah. because... Uh, COVID would have put it underneath, but, um, and then you were in Florida. Did you, uh, so, so the downturn didn't last as long for you then really, because everything started taking off probably about a year after COVID started, right? Yeah. A lot of our private work got delayed though. Yeah. So 2020, we had a low revenue year. We we're kind of coming out of it in 19 and then 20 hit. So it was a little challenging then because we had all this debt, I mean, it is cash, 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 cash. I mean, we were into our line, we were selling stuff, anything we could do to keep enough cash to keep the blood pumping through the veins of our company was just imperative. Yeah. And we focused on just working hard, getting the right jobs, being successful, putting the right processes in place. And, um, put a really good incentive plan in place that if we hit those they would pay out and we didn't pay out because we didn't hit them coming out of covid but once we did we were able to get that momentum to give us some success and come out of that hole 
Yeah, I love I love how you saw, talked about the compensation too. I think that that's one of the things people often forget. Uh, I I go into a lot of companies and I see the compensation or the bonus structure doesn't match up to the behavior that they're looking for, and they are sometimes the structure actually counteracts the behavior they're looking for. So really looking at that and then getting that in line. Um, I, I I really appreciate what you shared today. I think it's really hard to come on and admit that you uh, took three bad jobs that they all sort of um, really hurt your company really bad. COVID brought it out. Uh, the PPP brought it out. What are you doing differently today really quick? Well, one thing, we are moving to an ESOP company. I'm announced at the end of last year that I'm selling a portion of the company to an ESOP. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be sharing ownership with all the people who helped us get through this. That's great. That's great. So so <clears throat> now you're going to give some of the company to the people who have been critical in bringing you out of it and taking uh, Petticoat Schmidt to the next level. Correct. All right. That's great. Hey, Ryan. Thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and expertise and your sharing of of the mistake that you made. I think that what you're trying to share with people is pay attention to your customers just as you are your employees when they come in the door because your customers can make you and break you too. Yep. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, this is David Chavez. This is Strategy Sherpa Show, and we'll be right back after this messages. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. This is David Chavez. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. And we just had Ryan Schmidt join us from Petticoat Schmidt. 
uh, a civil engineering contractor out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. What a great guest and what a great story that um, sharing with us. Um, his overall message to us was when we're hiring customers, and if if I say it that way, maybe you can flip your thinking a little bit. When hiring customers, we have to make sure customers share our values with us. One of his frustrations about what happened to him was is when he ran into problems underground with the excavation or the dirt work he was doing, he ended up discovering some of the issues that that were not in the original contract. And my guess is his contract may have not defined exactly what he was supposed to do, but he said it did. And then he said that the person just wasn't willing to sit down with him and go through those things. And he basically told him to take him to court. This is not a customer you want to be dealing with. It would be much better to sit down with them and actually go through this with them. And then he had three of those back to back. So they may not have been paying attention to the things they really needed to pay attention to was who is their customer and how are they treating us? He said that they had done some smaller jobs that they should have paid attention to some of the signs that um, they weren't paying attention to. So it's just very interesting listening to him, to him about that. Why he's fixing this problem, he has this weird thing. And, and this is where um, a lot of people that talk to us don't fully understand what they really want. They come to us, and they talk about, yeah, we want to develop our strategy but when we're looking at the company right now, this company is probably in a little bit of trouble of some kind. In other words, the profitability is low. Um, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So at, at the time this happens, this is a turnaround um, a, a transformation type of strategy where you have to turn around the company. You, and when you're doing this, there's this really weird spot you need to be in because I need to cut back. And I need to control cost because I really have no money and I'm probably living paycheck to paycheck. I remember once when I owned my CPA firm, um, I remember spending about a week lying in bed, staring at the ceiling. I, I knew I had $120,000 payroll coming up. It, it was right around there. And I had no money to make the payroll. And I remember the night before payday, um, uh, we still didn't hadn't collected some of the money we were looking to collect. And I was sitting there staring at the ceiling and I, I probably slept about two hours that night. That is not a fun feeling. Those of you who have been there, and I think most entrepreneurs have been there at one time or another, it's not a fun place to be. And so when you're doing that, you're cutting costs. But then you have to go and you have to create this whole new strategy and motivate your people around the strategy, even though you're over here micromanaging cost and micromanaging the, the, the aspects of cost because you have no money. If somebody accidentally wastes some money, even a little bit, it becomes a big deal to us. And at the same time, I have to be over here going, hey, we're going to chase this new strategy. It's going to be great. We're going to do well. 
and you're dying over inside and you're staring at ceiling all night, stressed out and worried while you're over here trying to motivate everybody to this other thing that's going on. It is very challenging to do that. And if you go into that, that understanding that and how to develop the strategy for that, you can actually come out of these very transformational moments with a lot of momentum and a lot of growth opportunity. And it sounded like PPP really saved Ryan in the end. But what really saved Ryan is getting focused back on his core values, his purpose, and why he has the company. And when he did that, that led him to decide to actually ESOP his com- some of his company. One of the things he said was really important, and Vern Harnish, who wrote Scaling Up, just came out with a book about a year ago. It's called Scaling Up Compensation. And when I read this book, I was going, oh, thank you, Vern. It's about time the book was written about this because I've had so many clients where their bonus structure inside of their company counteracts what they're trying to do. I remember one of the clients we worked with, they had about 400 employees, and they were incentivizing individual performance when they were screaming about teamwork all the time. And what we actually, and we couldn't figure out why we couldn't get the strategy to work. And we're in these meetings and trying to determine what's going on. And finally, I asked the question, hey, how does this bonus you guys keep on talking about work? Can you give me a copy of it? I'm reading the bonus structure and the bonus structure is telling me to work as an individual. I'll be bonus as an individual and I don't care what your team members do or what your even the team you're on does it's all about you but over here they were had core values of teamwork and trying to collaborate and working together there was nothing in the bonus structure about that and when these two things are out of line they couldn't get the teamwork working As soon as they changed that compensation structure, that bonus structure they had, teamwork started happening in the company. The company came alive in a totally different way, and they were able to take it uh, and keep on growing it from there. I have to say, you have to line up your bonus structure to what you really want, and oftentimes when we get stuck in our patterns or the way that we're looking at things, we'll look at the bonus structure. The client was looking at it. They they kept on telling me, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And then when I finally asked to see it, I don't know if they actually went, ever had went back and read it trying to think about, this is our structure. This is what we're trying to achieve. But when I read it the very first time without having read it Um, probably 30, 40 times, maybe even 100 times, which they had done, I could see that the two things weren't connected together. And what it sounded like Ryan did is he connected those things together. What is the result I'm looking for? What is our compensation doing for us? And when he did that, everything started to come together with the help of the PPP loan. But as, 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 as I say to a lot of business owners, the PPP loan 
um, handled the downturn, which he's actually said he had a little bit of downturn from the private industry side during the initial phases of COVID, and that helped him through. So I would say, yes, it probably did help him, the PPP, but it probably wasn't, he would have probably came out of it if he had done all the work he had already done before, prior. It just needed a little bit of time, and then COVID happened. I hope this was a great show for you. It was a great learning experience for me. It just reinforces some of the things that I know, and he, he uh, gave me a couple other insights. Core values are really critical. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. We have events on our event page, assuredstrategy.com backslash event. Check them out. Tomorrow, I'm doing a workshop on how to read financial statements and how to teach your employees to read them. Look forward to having you. This is Strategy Sherpa Show. Stay well. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.